A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, I have come to set the earth on fire, and how I wish it were already blazing. There is a baptism with which I must be baptized, and how great is my anguish until it is accomplished. Do you think that I have come to establish peace on the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. From now on, a household of five will be divided, three against two, and two against three. A father will be divided against his son, and a son against his father, a mother against her daughter, and a daughter against her mother, a mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. The Gospel of the Lord. You might remember last Advent when John the Baptist arrived to prepare us for the coming of the Lord. The people wondered whether John might be the Christ, but John said, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. John went on to say, His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. We usually think of fire as a destructive force, and many of the biblical references to fire have to do with the wrath of God. John surely had that kind of fire in mind. In coming to light a fire on the earth and longing for another baptism, Jesus is both looking back to his baptism at the Jordan River and to his crucifixion in Jerusalem. On the cross, Jesus said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Luke is connecting the baptism of Jesus when the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove and his death on the cross when Jesus gives his spirit. On the day of Pentecost, divided tongues as of fire appeared to those gathered together and rested on each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. The fire Jesus yearns to ignite is the transforming fire of the Holy Spirit. French Jesuit priest Pierre Teilhard de Chardin, a scientist, scholar, and mystic, said that the invention or harnessing of fire was one of the great scientific and technological discoveries in all of human history. Fire, to a great extent, made human civilization possible. Fire made it possible to cook food and to provide sanitary ways of eating, which reduced the spread of disease in its time. Fire made it possible to heat warm environments and thereby made human migration around the world a possibility, even into colder climates. There was no Bronze Age without fire, no Iron Age without fire, no Industrial Revolution 
without fire. The advances of science and technology are dependent on the human ability and capacity to take fire and use it for human good. Most of us came in cars today. The controlled, harnessed fire made that possible. Fire makes it possible for us to text and tweet and email and Instagram and Facebook. Fire makes all of that possible. And Teilhard said that fire was one of the greatest discoveries in all of human history. And then Teilhard went on to say, Someday, after mastering the winds, the waves, the tides, and gravity, we shall harness for God the energies of love. And then, for a second time in the history of the world, Humans will have discovered fire. The fire that Jesus yearns to kindle on the earth is the fire of God's love. When Jesus came up out of the waters of the Jordan, a voice spoke over the waters, You are my Son, my Beloved. And Jesus knew then there was nothing in this world that would ever separate him from the love of God. Jesus, the Beloved One of God, longs to embrace us. As Jesus reminded us last week, it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. The word baptize means to be immersed into. We are literally immersed into the dying and rising of Christ. We must go down in order to go up. We go into the water and die. So the font is first a tomb, and then the waters become a womb, and we rise, born anew, into life. In enabling God to bring transforming fire to the earth through his death on the cross, Jesus understands that this will be divisive. From now on, a household of five will be divided, three against two and two against three. But this is not the only way that five can be divided. It can be four against one, or one against four. This is the usual way we function as a society. Jeremiah was thrown into a pit where he would have been left to die if Ebed-Melech hadn't pulled him out. Jeremiah's sin was being faithful to the word of God, which left him odd man out, four against one. Jeremiah had to be gotten rid of. We know this scenario all too well. These days, it seems this is the only way our society functions. Our side looks around for someone to blame on the other side, and vice versa. When we can get rid of the designated scapegoat, them, and those people, whom we all agree are the problem, we will have peace. In coming into the world, Jesus challenges any lesser peace based on pitting some families against others. Like a fire that burns away the outside to expose what is hidden inside, Jesus is announcing an end to social systems that bring peace by casting someone out. The only true and ultimate peace is one for which God's entire human family might be united. 
The preacher in the letter to the Hebrews is imagining a marathon runner entering the stadium for the final leg of the race. The whole crowd leaps to their feet to cheer him on. Since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, the preacher writes, let us rid ourselves of every burden and sin that clings to us and persevere in running the race that lies before us while keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, the leader and perfecter of faith. Christianity is a companion journey. We need one another to help rekindle our desire. For the sake of the joy that lay before him, Jesus endured the cross, despising its shame, and has taken his seat at the right of the throne of God.